Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Before we get into the show and introduce today's guest, I would just like to thank United Medical Credit for being sponsors of this podcast and of the Business of Dentistry. As a matter of fact, they have a special offer for Business of Dentistry members, 0% merchant fees for the rest of the year, and 30% discount for life after that. You can get that special deal by either going to DocOffInvestments.com and clicking on the deal section, or by going directly to www.unitedmedicalcredit.com forward slash TBOD. Thanks again, UMC. Hey guys, this is Dr. Christopher Huffpower coming to you from my studio here in Alvin, Texas. Today I am joined by Dr. Robert and Dr. Corner, Kerner. Goodness, Carl, I always murder your name. I was apologizing about that before we, we, we went on air. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about how you as a general dentist can increase your production in your practice just by learning a couple of things or by bringing in another dentist who does these things. And those things, of course, are going to be surgical third molar extraction and sedation. Now, you know, Dave, you own a company, um, VIPS, that, pe that people out there, if they're listening to this, they can contact you through Facebook and you can get a, spe a, a specialist trained dentist. Uh, not an actual specialist or GP dentist that do third molar extractions and sedations into their practice. But today we're going to talk about how doctors who don't want to do that can do it themselves and bring these really valuable prof uh, profit centers into their practices. And, and they can do it this month, right? You guys have a couple of different courses running, uh, both one in Dallas and one in, in, in Chicago. So I'm without further ado, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves just real quick bio three or four sentences. So people know why they should be listening to you. Um, uh, you know, age before beauty. So we're going to let Carl go first. Okay. Well, Hey, thanks a lot, Chris. I'm actually at the dental school right now. I'm teaching today in the oral surgery department at Roseman university here in South Jordan, Utah. You know, I don't teach here full time. I don't practice full time. But, you know, I practice a lot of clinical dentistry in the month. And uh, I had patients yesterday and the day before. You know, I, I love surgery. That's my focus right now. But, you know, third molars is one of our big things in, in, our, in our organization. As far as me personally, I went to the University of Washington in Seattle. I was there and then went in the U.S. Army. And that's where I got most of my training, a GPR, and then being sent to a base with 2000 soldiers, all third molar age, you know, like 18 to 22. And I was the guy, the only person there to do anything dental on them. And that's where I really, uh, you know, wet my whistle on on, uh, on oral surgery. And then I had a practice in, in uh, Utah for a number of years, general practice. But then I finally said, you know, general practice is great, but I got a little burnout on it. Decided to do just do surgery, kind of like Dave, and then, so that's all I've done since then. So I live in Utah, travel around the country, teaching some courses, try to help general dentists. That's what it's all about. And Dave? Yeah, thanks, uh, Doc and, and Carl, for being here this morning. Um, I'm a two-year general uh, GPR trained uh, general dentist. I went to dental school and finished in 1985, University of Illinois in Chicago. 
Following that, I moved to San Antonio and did a two-year general practice residency where uh, I learned my sedation skills, and I'd always had a passion for uh, third molars. I started out in 1987, moved to Dallas, and I was an associate full-time for several years in a uh, general dental practice. And then around 1990, uh, before uh, cell phones and the internet, I started doing um, some traveling and working in other general dentist offices, doing sedations and third molars for their patients that they normally refer out of the office. But I found as an associate dentist, how much patients uh, really wanted to be uh, seen in their, uh, in their home or host dental office. So I transitioned over the next few years um, in doing more of the traveling thing. And in 1996, I gave up general dentistry altogether, and I've been doing primarily uh, sedation and third molar extractions. And I would say over the last 30 years, I've probably been in over 400 general dentist offices. Um, I've seen the issues that they confront uh, when they try to do their own extractions. And um, when I work with a general dentist, I uh, encourage them to do all the extractions that they want to do. And that we're just simply here to help them with the ones that they would normally refer out. Um, I have known Carl for probably 25 years and about, I don't know, seven years ago, we got together and um, started putting together the CE courses designed specifically for general dentists who have um, um, an interest in all types of extractions and um, Carl had noticed over the years that dental schools were providing uh, less and less surgery experience for their, uh, for their uh, experience in dental school. And we wanted to give them um, continuing education uh, basically designed um, for those who didn't get the experiences that they were looking for in dental school. Absolutely. I know that, um, and, and this is something that you and I have spoken about before, is uh, the concept of the super GP. And um, my belief that that is how dentists can throw the yoke off of their necks and get out from under these PPO plans uh, by being extraordinarily skilled and working in a rural environment where those types of skills are truly needed. I know it worked out well for myself. And so I support everything you guys are doing, which is why we have you guys on the show now. Right. So um, let's talk a little bit about um, these courses. Uh, again, if you want someone else to do this for you, you can contact Dave afterwards, but we're going to talk about how you can uh, save that 45. Is it 45%? Is that the compensation these guys get, Dave? Well, it's generally 50, 50. And, and, um, you know, so you can, you can save that 50% and put it in your pocket by doing these procedures yourselves. So um, Dave, without further ado, Carl, guys, lead me, lead me through this pathway. How does someone get signed up for this course and what are they going to learn? Well, Dave, you're teaching it. Why don't you start out? Well, I would say that um, the easiest way to do that is to go to the the Kerner Center for Surgical Instruction website. Um, just type into Google or some search engine, Carl Kerner, K-O-E-R-N-E-R, -E um, Surgical Extractions, and the website pops up. And there's, I, there's basically five different continuum uh, that are featured on the website, um, all... Uh, the first continuum is basically 
uh, designed for, for dentists who just want an overall <clears throat> uh, refresher or uh, basically a refresher course on the ex full extent of surgical extractions. Um, we have a, an opportunity for uh, doctors to get one-on-one -on -one basically training. Um, we have um, lot, you know, ability to see live patients uh, with one of the continuum. And the continuum that I teach is specifically designed for doctors who have a passion for wisdom teeth. And um, it's a, basically uh, two evenings with uh, Zoom didactic training for about three hours on two evenings. And then we have a in-person Saturday course in Dallas where we um, work on models. And then I, following, we, following us working on models, I actually uh, uh, provide care for uh, two live patients with the attendees present. Um, so that's pretty much the extent of our of our third molar course. Um, Carl, you want to add anything to that? Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. There's also an extension of that course where someone can go into your office and spend a day, you know, just uh, watching you do things, watching the flow with your assistant you know, how you work with the patient before, during, after all your instruments and, and just be a fly on the wall. That's a good course too, you know, where you can talk to them one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. But yeah, Carl, yeah, Carl, that's, that's my jam right there. And that's something I think a lot of people don't realize. Whenever you add advanced procedures into your practice, one of the most difficult things for most dentists is understanding the workflow and training their, their assistants, uh, their subordinates in their practice on how to prep them properly to efficiently do these things. You know, root canals can be really, really profitable if you're well set up to do it and if you're efficient. And if you're not and you're on a PPO plan, they're not very profitable because they take up too much time. So I love the fact that you guys are helping them to train the assistants and make sure their instrument layout and workflow goes right because that is so important for your success in these things. You know, when you, when you talk about third molars or when general dentists hear that third molars, they, they, some of them are, are a little intimidated by that. I mean, it's kind of a mental thing in dental school, you know, scare this poor student to death, you know, and say, you're not smart enough to do this or something like that. You know, they, they don't have to be that way. I mean, some third molars are hard. Yes. Those are the ones you refer that 10%, but the rest of them, you know, if you know certain principles and, and methods, uh, you can do those. I did a course for Gordon Christensen or a video once, and he called it, he entitled it Easy Third Molar Extractions. And it was mainly about young people, you know, 16, 17, 18, up to maybe Absolutely. 22 or so. A lot of times the roots aren't fully formed. They can be really easy. It's a matter of patient selection and recognizing that. And it's well, Carl, I, I like I appreciate you bringing up that subject because one of the key features of the course that we provide is case selection, case selection. And, and identifying which cases are the more difficult cases. We look at uh, panoramic X-rays and we, as a group, go over what the different attendees see in those X-rays, and then I help guide them uh, to be able to pick the appropriate cases for their skill level, um, and and um, you know, one of the one of the kind of I guess features of all these courses are they're designed uh, for general dentists, um, 
and and for that matter, we have periodontists that also attend some of the classes because they want to increase their uh, third molar um, extraction skills. Acumen, right? Yeah, right. And and um, the 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 main thing is is that you know having worked in general dentist offices, we actually have seen the stumbling blocks. Um, you know, as opposed to most of the courses that are out there that are taught by oral surgeons. Um, although they're incredibly skilled at what they do, they've really never, you know, uh, walked in your shoes and, and seen the, the things that that we've seen that between Carl and I, we probably have over 75 years of experience working in general dentist offices. Obviously, Carl has more experience. You can tell by his the top of his head. Um, he has more experience than oh, I. I, so I, I can see you're catching up, though, Dave. Yeah, I definitely am. Unfortunately, <laughs> children remind me that on a, on a regular basis. I'm, I'm trying to get as smart as you. That's why I shaved my head. There you go. There you go. But yeah, we, we actually do. Um, we actually have fun doing it. One of the things that I, that I mentioned in all the courses I teach is that um, being a general dentist is the toughest specialty in dentistry, bar none. Um, we're the, our, you know, our, our job is uh, the relationship specialist with our, uh, with, within our communities. And for us to be able to, uh, provide or build that trust, we've got to be able to provide our patients with the kind of care that they expect. They want things to go smoothly. And um, and like I said, they love having it done in their office. They love having their dentist do the procedure. Um, but when that's not available, we can offer them alternatives. So, you know, you, you mentioned something there a little while ago, and I, I think that maybe you didn't make enough of it um, because it's an important point. So just because Mario Andretti or uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. can drive on a track, it doesn't mean, and, and they're very, very good at their job. They're very skilled. It doesn't mean that they can teach you how to drive in downtown New York and not get killed. And, and so the, the difference here between a GP practice that is set up to do a variety of different things and an oral surgery practice that is set up to do one and only one thing is enormous. And the workflow that goes along with each one of those things is very different. So uh, it, I think that's a point that can't be belabored enough that you guys have done it in general practices and you know the workflow in general practices. Because, you know, this is in, in the end, this is a, a, a business course in my mind. It's a clinical course, but it's a course in how to add a profit center to your practice and to make it profitable. Uh, this is not one of those courses that you go back to work on Monday morning and you're rah, rah, shiskin by and all your team is waiting for you to, uh, to, to drop it by Wednesday. This is one of those courses you, you need to add to your practice and you need the guidance on how to add it into a general practice. Well, one example of that, I think, is if you go in a, a general dentist's office and, and they have a surgery coming up, it's like their assistant goes to the drawer and everything is in their own autoclave bag. You know, Rarely you'll have two together in the same one, but such a time waster, you know, if we can help them, number one, to use the right instruments, like the ones in residencies, and everyone has one or two they like more than anything else, like you know, their your pets or what have, what have you. Yeah, yeah, but but there's the basic ones from the residency, you want to have like sharp instruments, sharp scissors, sharp periosteal elevator, and it helps if you have them kind of grouped, like for a surgical extraction, you want, you want these, and so you have a couple sets of those, for third molars, maybe you want a few more, 
some people would have just the same set or surgeons would have the same set every time but i think there's some things we can talk about in that as we teach a course that will help them be more efficient way more efficient in that manner of delivery you know of having the things ready to go that you need so you don't waste so much time because time is money as we all know absolutely i'd like to just kind of dovetail off that part of the conversation um one of the things I've noticed over the years, from time to time, I'll, I'll get a call from a general dentist that's maybe made it halfway through an extraction, and they'll ask me to come over and help them out. And Oof, when I look at that's the, not a good day. no, well, you know, it, it isn't a good day, and and obviously it's a, an emotionally challenging experience for everybody. And when I walk into those offices and I see the the instruments that they're using, um, you know. I personally couldn't take out the tooth using the things that they're using. And that's one of the things that we talk about in the course is what's the right hand piece? What's the right burr? What's the right, right instrument? A lot of times general dentists will go to these instrument sales folks and they'll walk away with 10 or 20 extra uh, instruments. I'll open right. up one of those drawers and there's 50 instruments all bagged in single <laughs> bags. And I tell them, Hey, look, you know, it, you know, you can't go out and buy Tiger Woods golf clubs and expect to play absolutely like, like Tiger Woods. Um, so it's it's we focus also on the um, the the overall concepts of what you're trying to achieve with these instruments. And I basically break it down into you either got to make the object smaller or the hole bigger. And it's not a matter of force. It's a matter of technique. And, and we really break it down in very simplistic terms. Um, uh, the other thing that we do, I think, a really good job of is help dentists ha learn how to avoid complications, recognize what those complications are, and what the best way to handle them is. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, we talk about suturing. We talk about dry Oh, thank God. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I don't know if I told you this, Dave, I, I learned and Dave, you're you're for those of you who weren't familiar with my practice, I had a very surgically intense practice. I did almost nothing except for extractions and implants uh, and hybrid dentures and things like that. Uh, so I, I, I learned a lot of these skills, but unfortunately I didn't learn them before I met Dave or I didn't learn them before I met Dave rather, or I would have learned them from him. I had to get my wife to teach me how to suture correctly because in dental school, we learned on sponges, you know? I remember we spent hours with, uh, you know, a piece of, I'm trying to remember if it was pork or if it was beef, because she said, okay, look, the skin on this is closest to human. And so I would suture it and say, no, 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 you see, you got that too tight. You see, you're actually, you're strangling your suture. That's going to cut off your blood supply. Oh, okay. Well, cool. This is how you displace the suture. This is how you release your, your incision so that whenever you close it, it's tension free. If it's not tension free, you're going to rip the skin. You know, and whenever it starts to swell in two days, it's going to rip open. You're going to have a complication. You know, walking through all that stuff with someone who's been there and done that and who has the proper training to show you is so very important. Hi, folks. This is Doc Huffbauer, founder of the Business of Dentistry and host of the Dear Doc podcast. Before we go any further, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about one of our fine sponsors, Dentamax. Now, I've been able to land a phenomenal deal for all of our TBOD members and our listeners on the Denimax Dream Sensor. Before I jump into the offer, if you didn't already know, Dentamax offers high-quality dental sensors. They sent me one of their Dream Sensors to try out my office, and my staff just raved about it. If you're picky about image quality, 
Dynamax has you covered. When you get your sensor in, a technician will help you by setting it up so that you get clear, concise images all of the time. In fact, they can even set it to mimic a sensor that you had before that you like the image on. All you have to do is share which one it was. It has a tough, durable housing, and it's backed by a three-year manufacturer warranty, which is one of the longest warranties in the industry. I also like the thin design. With the beveled corners, it makes it easy to place in the patient's mouth, and it's pretty comfortable. Now, I know a lot of you may be worried, will this work with my imaging software? You don't have to worry there. Denimax has you covered there as well. Dynamax Dream Sensor works with virtually all software. In fact, it's usually plug and play. You never even have to use a Twain driver. I'm excited to share this special with you because David Ornette, Dynamax's CEO, was willing to give us a really great deal. All of our members can try the Dentamax Dream Sensor for free. That's right. They'll ship it out to you and let you use it for two weeks. In fact, they'll even have their technician dial it in on your systems to make sure it looks as good as possible. Now, all you have to do to get this offer is go to denimax.com forward slash TBOD. But guys, that's not it. Denimax is going to give you $3,000 off of their retail price plus a $200 discount above and beyond that just for being a member of this community. So you can get a size one sensor for just $27.99 and a size two sensor for $37.99. It's a really great deal on a really great sensor, but you don't have much time to wait because this deal ends on July 4th. So go ahead and go to dendamax.com forward slash TBOD, check out the deal and celebrate your freedom from high prices. Thanks again, folks. This is Doc Huffpower. Let's get back to the show. It really is. It, it really is. And and I'm really excited to know that you're going to be, Doc, you're going to be attending will the be. next course. I will be. And um, I'm sure that we'll have a, an interesting dialogue. I'm sleeping about... on Dave's couch. <laughs> well, well, you I'm can't not, sleep I'm on not. my I'm couch. That's why I normally sleep. But anyway, go ahead, you know, Carl. The good thing about Dave and myself <laughs> is, you know, Dave and I are, are alike in so many ways, but we're, we're different in some ways. And you get us together in a room talking about something and it almost becomes a, a banter of, you know, well, I do it this way, but he does it that way. We're getting the same result, the same outcome. Right. We're treating the patient very, very well. But, you know, sometimes there are variations and you got to respect some of those variations. <laughs> like, if, for if example, I, I, I place minimal sutures. Dave places hardly any at all. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we uh, I think the audience likes to see us when we're together, have that little uh, interaction. I, I, I think it's funny. If I remember right, Dave, didn't we have a conversation about my, um, my, my needle driver and you don't like the one I like? I use the Olsen Hagar because it's got the scissors built in and it's more efficient. And our, I, if it, I think I remember you yelling at me about that at one point. <laughs> Well, the thing about the, the main thing I tell people about sutures for extractions, and we're not talking about bone grafts and membranes and stuff right. like that. We're just talking about extractions. You spend five minutes putting in a suture and, and feeling like it's so important to get primary closure. And then a day mm -hmm. later, when your patient calls up and says the suture comes loose, what do you tell them? Right. 
I think I think a lot of people don't realize the power, especially in implants, folks. If if you learn anything from this, other than you need to go to one of these courses, if you're closing for an implant, you really want secondary intention healing because you're going to get a much better quality of skin there. You're growing good tissue. Um, you really don't want primary closure. In fact, there's almost there's not a whole lot of situations I can think of offhand surgically where primary closure is beneficial compared to a secondary intention healing. Well, and let me let, let me just say one thing about that too, and that is primary closure in most cases is an illusion. Um, it, it looks primarily closed when the patient's mouth is open and they're not moving around, they're not eating. Um, the real key to uh, a good post-operative result that is missed by most dentists is the quality of the post-op instructions that is that are given to the patients. And the number one thing that dentists don't or they miss is how long it takes for the wound to close. And if food is is stuck in those wounds, absolutely, that is the number one thing that causes the problems. And we don't want to tell our patients that it's going to be four to six weeks uh, before the wound uh, heals enough to begin using it normally, mm -hmm. uh, because the patients don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that they have to be on the type of diet that's the ideal diet. Um, but one of the analogies that I use for them, imagine you had a knee surgery and two days later, you took the cast off and you crammed noodles into that open wound. They look at me and they look at me like, <laughs> why would I not, do that? That's exactly. dumb, you know, but that's what we, that's what we're actually telling our patients. So, so what I focus on also with these uh, uh, attendees is thinking in terms of, you know, the, you can, we can teach you how to do the surgery beautifully and that'll get a, get you about 50% of the way there. The other 50% is making sure your patients have good quality post-op instructions because when you do a good surgery, but they don't know how to take care of the wound and they have problems, they're going to blame you. And then that's going to make it difficult to do your most important job as a general dentist. And that is build trust in the minds of your Absolutely. patients. Absolutely. I, I don't know about you. And um, again, th this is one of those different strokes, different folks kind of things. I'm not a huge fan of Pyridex. Um, I am a huge fan of salt water, warm salt water. I'll tell them get 16 ounces of water, use exactly one teaspoon of salt. Because if you don't tell them that, they think more is better. And they will load that freaking glass with, with salt and burn the tissue. But I, I tell them one teaspoon of salt in a glass of water as warm as you can stand it. Hold it in your mouth for 30 seconds and let it fall out. Do not swish. And then I give them one of those nice little curved syringes. And I say, gently rinse it after the fourth day. You know, what, what are your post-op or some, my, some of the my, examples of post-op? The, mo the most important thing that a patient needs to know following the surgery is keep the wound clean. You have to eat, but you don't have to enjoy it. Okay. It's just like, well, it's like, it's like when a person, it. when a, when a, when a, I mean, tell your patients the truth. Okay. Yes. When you have a knee surgery. They put a cast on it. What does the cast do? It prevents you from moving it around. It prevents foreign objects from getting in there. And it prescribes an amount of time that is necessary to achieve the initial healing. And those things are critically important in your mouth, your elbow, or your knee. So you have to eat, and I recommend for patients, like, you know, the, 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 lick, the, the thing that I recommend for patients is, is a diet 
that is easily dissolvable. That is, if it if the food that you eat gets stuck in the hole, if it can't dissolve on its own, that's when the irrigation comes in. That's when the liquid comes in to irrigate with. But but the primary thing is what they eat, and the secondary thing is how long they keep that wound clean. That's where you get your critical success. Absolutely. All right, guys. So you guys are both members of the business of dentistry. And um, if someone has a question when they see this, um, I'm going to tell them, guys, just go ahead and make a comment down below. If you have any questions, both Carl and Dave, they'll, they're wells of knowledge. And I have gotten so much from talking to both of them just because of the fact that they bring a different perspective because they had different training. So if you have any questions, they're always willing to answer things, put them down below um, and, um, and sign up for this course. Do yourself a favor, help yourself to become a more skilled surgeon, more confident doctor, and um, you're going to be helping your patients. So last thing is where I, I, I bend your arm here, Dave. So you guys are both members of TBOD. Is there anything that they can do to tell you that they heard about you on TBOD and, and maybe get some sort of discount or something on this course? How, how would they go about that? Yeah, we, we do. We, we uh, value, you know, this organization that you've got and uh, this, uh, this Facebook group, and we do want to give them a special deal. What we're offering is, is 10% off. And there's a code for that that we'll excellent we'll put on there uh, as we as we comment or as we post. You Fantastic. Know you know what you've been saying, Chris, is is backed up in the literature too. And we try to make sure things we talk about are from peer reviewed literature. Not it's not something off the top of my head or Dave's head. It's absolutely that, you know. And I subscribe to the Journal of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery, and every month there's something that ends up finding its way into a course. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Well, guys, uh, thank you for giving me this time to talk about this course and um, for helping us to, um, to to help some dentists out there. Um, oh, course cost. How much does the course cost um, w without the 10%? Well, uh, Dave's course is uh, about $2,500. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, so you're going to make that up on how many fourth mo let's say you're taking out, you're rolling uh, out four whizzies. Maybe how many cases? One. One case. <laughs> one. Yeah. People. Maybe two. two ROI. Or that's a, that's yeah. a return on investment. Yeah. Immediate. Yeah. So it depends on how much you're charging, but for sure too, you know, and Excellent. in the course we work on, uh, we do six impactions on models that are extremely lifelike. And as, as Dave said, you watch him do some cases as well. So, and then the other courses are for surgical extractions, but you know, right today we're talking mainly about Dave. Excellent. Okay. So whenever we're talking about this continuum, you guys have, do you have a sedation continuum as well? And if not, where should they go to learn that? You want to talk about that, Dave, in our partnership with, well, uh, I'd like you to talk about that. And then I'd like to just uh, dovetail off, off of what you have okay. to say about it. Okay. Fantastic. So, you know, um, Michael Silverman uh, runs uh, docs on oral sedation. And and in a conversation I had with him, we discovered that, you know, we're teaching the surgery. He's teaching the sedation. You know, those are these, those two don't really compete at all. You know, why don't we partner up a little bit? And so we, we do that, you know, so you can get discounts from our course, from him and vice versa. 
Um, so that's what we do. We we defer to those experts, although Dave is an expert on that, but but we don't have the courses on that. They do, and we work with them and partner with them and offer special deals to people. Yeah, and and, and um, the, that's that's a great point, the sedation aspect of this. Um, when you are in the process of learning and developing your skills, it's critically important to be able to sedate on some level your patients so that when you are sort of stretching that rubber band of knowledge, um, if you happen to run into some problems and instead of the surgery taking 30 minutes, it might take an hour with a sedated patient, there's that emotional buffer, both for the doctor and the patient. So um, it's certainly <laughs> well within the skill of any general dentist to do a minimal sedation with an oral drug supplemented by nitrous. Um, and I really encourage people to go beyond that for the ones, the doctors that really have a love for surgery. Um, IV moderate sedation is extremely safe and there's really a lot of great places to go and learn how to do it properly and safely. Um, but I, I, I just, I try to emphasize how important it is to, to improve your sedation skills, even going to the extent where you might pick a case um, and let's say you don't have the sedations, the, the parenteral or IV sedation skills, go ahead and hire an anesthesiologist, a dental anesthesiologist to come to your office, pay for it yourself, you know, uh, because this is going to be a, a great learning experience for you and it'll ensure that your patient has a good experience as or, well during the procedure. Or a CRNA. Right. Well, yeah. So guys out there, repeat after me. Retrograde amnesia is a good thing. Absolutely. It sure is. And, it, and it's not with just pulling teeth either. <laughs> Absolutely. If you could, if you could wave a magic wand and you could take away all the unpleasant shit and you could go from your patient's all messed up to your patient has a beautiful smile or whatever it is you're doing is done. And the hardest part is, you know, wheeling them out and having them recover. I think, your patients are going to be pretty damned happy. Yeah, it is. It's There's nothing like when you're done saying to a patient, hey, we're all finished up. And they look at you with bewilderment and saying, we're done? Really? It's Absolutely. over? And, and oral sedation will get you, get you there about 50% of the time. Yep. Moderate IV sedation will get you there 99% of the time. And for those very few patients that need a deeper level of sedation, you know, having a good relationship with the dentist anesthesiologist is critical. Absolutely. Okay, folks, I think that uh, I think we've given them some really good information here and um, hopefully they will sign up. Uh, Dave, Carl, please go ahead and feel free to drop the uh, whatever the discount code is below in the comments. Just say, hey, look, I'm Carl. Hey, look, I'm Dave. Here's the code. Here's where you sign up. Put a link to the course. And Guys, as I said before, do yourself a favor, make your life easier. There is frankly nothing in dentistry that is going to do better for you than learning how to do surgical techniques and how to do them well and efficiently. Thanks. And that's it. it. Thank Guys, you. thanks again for joining hey. us. And uh, thank you for helping our team here, our, our dentist in this group, to be more profitable and to be happier. We're here to help. That's the whole reason we're doing this. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, Carl.
Anytime, my friend. Guys, thanks for wasting another hour listening to the sound of our voices. Hopefully, you've learned something that you can take back to your practice and be more profitable, be happier, and spend more time with your family. Unless, of course, you just like to play golf. See you later. This is Doc Huffpower. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.